All right, good morning, boys and girls, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Garage. This is your sleepy-eyed Uncle Jimmy coming to you live with Greased Wheels, the podcast for automotive technicians. Let me tell you something. It's coming to you from the in the midnight hour here at the Rock and Roll Garage. I fell asleep on the couch again, again, and was supposed to do the podcast for you guys, because I know that some of you out there really like it, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that a great deal. Hey, look, it's about four o'clock in the morning right now, and uh, like I said, I fell asleep on the couch when I was supposed to do the podcast, so I woke up early because I was sleeping on the couch. You ever sleep on the couch? It's probably not a good thing. I do it all the time, though. Fucks up my arm. My arm kind of fucking hurts because I'm wedged all up against the cushions on the one side. All right, that's enough shit about sleeping on the fucking couch here. Let me get to the point of the podcast. Now, listen, I, uh, I I I say this often, and I don't know as if it can be said often enough, but I appreciate what everyone does on this planet, really with the exception of the Kardashians. I, I really believe that everyone on this planet is important in the very own grain of sand kind of a way, okay? And some of us are a little bit more important than others, obviously the President of the United States or leaders of other countries and maybe ambassadors and these sorts of people who help to keep the peace or help to make friends and allies out of uh, people who might not have been otherwise. I think that the that, that all of us are important in one way, shape, or form or the other. But uh, I think it's especially people who are mechanics or technicians, whatever you prefer to be called, people who repair things, people who make things work, that are making other people's lives more bearable, more comfortable and easier to transition from one place to another or to enjoy very comfortable climate control or perhaps just the uh, use of electricity. Uh, I realize there's a hell of a lot of maintenance that goes on with that, you know, and we all live in buildings pretty much. I mean, you know, if you're homeless, you're probably not listening to podcasts and who do who knows? Maybe you are. Maybe that's how you pass the time being homeless. I mean, if you're homeless, that typically means you're jobless, typically, but not always, probably. But uh, I would think that podcasts would not be part of your daily regimen. So thanks go out to people who do things that make other people's lives more enjoyable, more comfortable, maybe more mechanized, maybe more electric, okay? And what I wanted to uh, get to here, because Eric doesn't like it when I don't get to the point right away, and uh, I, I get it, you know, you want to you wanna have a theme, you want to be talking about something specific and something substantial, and really that's, uh, I have trouble with that, talking about things that are substantial, but let's see if we can get to the point. Uh, but let me finish up the last point. I appreciate what you do and thank you for what you do and uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work, you know, and I apologize to you if the money's not so good. And uh, I've been working uh, for the last three years to somehow try to either ease your pain about that or maybe inform some of the people in charge that they need to fucking cough up. And in that line, in along those lines, I would like to mention that this particular podcast, I want to refer to it as a bargain the bargain, okay? Now, let me let me just point out to you, and I, and I don't want to, you know, I go on about money an awful lot on this podcast, and, and basically, money is what makes the fucking world go round. That's all there is to it. I mean, you know, you got money, that, that makes your life easier. The more you have, the easier your life can be. Now, obviously, there's some uh, concerns and some anxieties that come along with having a lot of money, but guess what? You can pay other people to fucking deal with that shit. Really? I mean, you have a lot of money, you don't have to, there's a lot of shit you don't have to deal with. Taxes, okay, they suck, but then you get, you hire somebody who figures out how to keep you from having to fucking pay taxes. You have to pay him, but it's probably a lot less than the taxes you'd have to pay. And uh, one of the things that they've come up with is that if you're very, very charitable, okay, now, for example, the Waltons, who are of Walmart fame, they donate an extraordinary amount of their income to charity to keep the federal government from taxing the living fucking piss out of them. That's at least here in the United States. I don't know how it is where you are, uh, and I apologize for not knowing that, but uh, I'm not very happy about being taxed to death here in the U.S., so I'm not going to learn about all you people and how you might be taxed to death in whatever country you're in. You're taxing me for the work I do, because basically that's what it comes down to. You go to work, you earn money, and then they take some of it. It's like, wait a fucking minute. You're like a fucking bully who takes my lunch money, you cocksuckers. So knock it off. Quit taking so fucking much and quit spending more than I give you. How the fuck does that even work? You know what they're doing, folks, is they're spending money that they're going to earn from labor that you haven't fucking even done yet. Do you realize that? They're spending money in a deficit situation with the hopes that you're going to keep working and earning more money and they can tax that money in the future. Yeah. How about you stop fucking doing that? Huh? How about if you just tell everybody, hey, guess what? 
This year, we're going to do something different. Instead of getting 10% more or 20% more or even 150% more, you're going to get 10% less. And you're going to get 10% less until we get this deficit down to a point where it equals fucking zero. And then we'll start over again from scratch. And you'll probably not like how much money you get. But you know what? Fuck you, okay? Fuck you. I mean, seriously, I don't get to run a deficit. If I don't have any money in my checking account and I run a, and I write a check for whatever, even if it's a dime, they just send it back and say, hey, uh, no can do. And then I refer them to the U.S. government, and then the U.S. government comes down here and says, no, you got to fucking pay. And by the way, you got to pay taxes on the fact that you didn't have any money. It doesn't work for me. But uh, what I really wanted to uh, talk about was the bargain that is what we do. That is a bargain. It's a bargain for everybody involved except us, I believe. Now, I talk about money an awful lot, but it really is the, the lubrication for getting things done in on this planet, really, all the way around. If you have money, obviously, as I said earlier, you can afford to do a whole hell of a lot of things with it, and your life can be very cushy even. And it what kills me is that probably within about the last 20 years or so, people are out there in this society, at least as it exists here in the United States, doing all kinds of crazy shit to earn money. And oh, by the way, a lot of it. I have heard that there are people on the internet who make six digits a year. We're talking over 100 Gs by being influencers and shit like that on the internet. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around that because personally, I'm not influenced by a fucking thing I see on the internet. Most of the shit that I see on the internet is exactly that, just shit. You know, some of it's funny, but it doesn't cost me anything. I'm certainly not going to send some guy a dollar because he dresses up like Batman and, and, and films himself talking to his kids in a low voice. You know, it's funny as shit. It really is. It's hilarious, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sending him a dollar or, or even 50 cents. Not going to do it. I mean, if there's people out there who who send these people money or they send them whatever they send them, I, I'm like, what's that all about? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Okay, I, f I feel like to me, you should earn money doing something that is t more tangible than that. Okay, something that exists, offering me a product or a service that I need, not some bullshit, not some fucking crap that you're going to throw up on the internet. And then expect me to fucking regurgitate as well. Not going to happen, you know. When I talk to mechanics and technicians and that sort of a thing, I'm talking to people who actually show up to work, whether it's at a shop or whether it's on a site somewhere. They typically bring tools with them that they had to fucking buy, oh, by the way, and some of which are not cheap, okay? I could do a whole entire fucking podcast on how cheap tools aren't. But these are people who actually perform actual services. And it always murders me that for some reason, some people feel like they don't need to pay or they don't need to pay that much for these services. And in some cases, on the flip side of that is that people pay a fucking hell of a lot for these services. And yet, out of all of that money, whether somebody thinks it's too much or too little, we don't get very fucking much of it. See, if, if I'm a technician or somebody or maybe HVAC guy or especially heavy-duty guys, you, you fucking heavy-duty guys, man. Shout out to you heavy-duty guys. Just I haven't talked about it in a while, but, man, I, I can't really even wrap my mind around a lug nut that weighs 15 fucking pounds, you know? <laughs> I mean, you guys take off tires that are bigger than my fucking apartment sometimes. It's like... I don't care if you got machines to do it. You still got to fucking wrestle those fucking things into place. I mean, and then and typically, if you've got to change a tire or maybe you got to throw a piston into one of these fucking ginormous fucking dump trucks out in whatever fucking pit in the world they're in, it, it can't be fun or easy or or for that matter cheap. Really, I mean, I mean, I can't even imagine a wrench that you would use to, <laughs> to take some of these fucking nuts and bolts off. I mean, how do you even how do you even fucking do this stuff? It makes it makes the shit that I do look like I'm working on plastic model kits, you know, 132nd scale cars. <laughs> you know. Uh so shout out to the heavy duty guys. You guys, man, you guys are really honestly in my eyes the real heroes cuz you you don't make the planet move, you make the planet grow. You're <laughs> 
you're the fucking guys. You're the fucking guys out there who fix the shit that is just so fucking big and does so much fucking work all at once. It's like nuts. And I hope I I personally hope that you're all extremely well compensated. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure that you're a bargain to your employer. Uh, I mean, you go out and you spend three hours changing a tire and they, they charge the company for like fucking $9,000 and out of that you get fucking $62.71. I, I hate that. That's the bargain I'm talking about. You know, what is paid us for the labor that we create and, and what that labor is sold for is a bargain. Everywhere in the fucking world, it is a bargain. And that's why I'd like to advocate to people uh, such as myself and you and anybody else who has tools and can twist them in a fairly uh, a fairly accurate and a fairly uh, consistent way. That's why I, I suggest to you that maybe you tell your bosses and the managers that you work for to go fuck themselves and you go home and you start your own business. You go home and you start doing it for yourself, you know, because here's the deal. You are a fucking bargain. And if they don't want to cough up and give you a dollar or two dollars or five dollars more an hour, then fuck them. Okay? Deny them the bargain. Okay? Take their discount card away and don't work for them anymore. Grease the fucking wheels. Seriously, I'm I'm not even making this up really because the the short <laughs> I checked I'm sorry. I I find it funny. I find it really really funny and I digress a little bit here, but I checked it out a couple of weeks ago what the uh, the number is for the shortage of technicians in our fields and i say fields with a plural for a reason because i want to i really want to lump us all together anybody who fixes anything anywhere on the fucking planet with tools and knowledge i'm going to lump us all together uh, there is at least in the united states anyway and i apologize to anybody listening in another in another country that I speak about the United States. Unfortunately, that's where I'm at, although I think I'm actually rather fortunate, but that's neither here nor there. What I'm trying to get at is is that there is a shortage, at least in this particular country that I'm in, of 650,000 technicians, and it grows. It's been growing. For the three years I've been doing this podcast, it has tripled. It has tripled. And guess what? I suspect it's going to triple again in another three years. And it, if it does triple, that's going to be 1.8 million, million technician jobs that remain unfilled. And are, guess what? Going to remain unfilled. And you know what that is, boys and girls? That is the uh, automotive industry and whatever industry that you're in that is looking for technicians. That is those people having painted themselves into a corner they have paid so little for so much for so long they're now going to get nothing no matter how much they want to pay and i can't fucking wait for that day to show up and it, it's coming more rapidly than they think okay the whole pandemic flipped everything upside down and made it all even worse because a lot of the greedy bastards who own the shops and the dealerships out there and i don't want to say all of them because mine didn't do this and i'm very thankful for it the gentleman that I work for is extraordinarily magnanimous, and it's uh, it, it shows up all the time. It's not a one-time thing, and it's not something that is out of character for this particular gentleman. He is he is wildly successful, and he's wildly successful for a reason, because I believe that at one point in time, at least, he may have been much like us, and I don't think he has forgotten that. But, but moving on from there, I think a lot of dealers and a lot of shops – aren't like that they don't realize what goes on in the shop they don't realize that you're a human being they don't realize that you need money and that you like money and you want money and that you do things for them that earn them extraordinary amounts of it and that's the bargain i'm talking about i mean it's as simple as this you got a guy who makes 20 bucks an hour and you sell the labor that he creates for you for 150 dollars an hour that's a fucking bargain in anybody's goddamn book anybody's book i don't give a fuck whose book it is i don't care what english what I don't, I what english it's in i don't care what language it's in that's a bargain in everybody's book if you can take something and buy it for 20 bucks and sell it for 150 bucks you're gonna be fucking rich especially if you can do it on a consistent basis probably not a lot of us make 20 dollars an hour it's probably some guys who make less but most of us make a little bit more than that and and we're expected quite frankly, by management and by owners of shops to be happy with that. I'm like, no, no, you know, and here's the problem. 
The problem is, is that we're way too familiar with how much the labor we create gets sold for. We're too we're we're familiar with it. We know what we know what the door rate is. And if we don't, we should go up front and go, "Hey, how much do we charge per hour?" Ah, oh, it's it's like one hundred and eighty-five dollars an hour. Really, because you're paying me like twelve fifty an hour back there to create that fucking labor. Okay, that's just no bueno. I can't fucking I can't wrap my mind around that anymore. And guess what? Neither can you. Okay, because if there's a shortage of over half a million, which, like I said, will probably triple, there's a shortage, then a lot of people have figured it out. The job sucks. The pay sucks. Go fuck yourself. Okay, and what's going to end up happening is, and it's unfortunate that our customers, the people who really probably shouldn't suffer, are going to suffer. I mean, right now, as it is, there's more broken shit out there waiting for a mechanic to become available than ever before. People are backed up two, three, four weeks, a month, two months before they could even look at your car in some places. And guess what? All those shops are looking for mechanics so that they don't have to do that. But have they gone out and offered a wage that would make somebody go, whoa, I'll do it for that? No, they haven't fucking done that. They haven't done that. They all want the bargain. They all want the bargain. And guess what? I'm fucking tired of giving them the fucking bargain. Now, I feel like I'm paid what I'm worth, and I don't work really that hard. I mean, I could I could probably bust out a couple more hours a, a day if I just shut the fuck up, quit talking to the people I work for. I could probably bust out at least an hour more a day if I didn't use the bathroom so fucking often. But I'm an old guy with prostate problems, so guess what? That's something I really don't have a lot of control over. Uh, and I need, to, I need to say this every once in a while. This shit's all strictly my opinion rarely do i ever look up facts rarely i'm just going on i'm just going on and on and on about shit that's happened to me shit that i've observed and and really i don't even know how i you know i get to be like an hour in on a podcast i'm like where the fuck did that all come from i don't even know and uh listen we got to stop being a bargain really you know i i think what i'd like to do is uh and, and i've thought about this for a long time but i can't really find a way to put it together and and i'm not sure i want to be the father of this sort of movement but i think we should pick a day uh someday and i thought a good day actually would be like uh opening day of deer hunting season but i don't suspect that that's the same day in every state in the united states and i don't even know if they have deer in in other countries where you might be they probably do the fucking things breed like crazy uh they breed like humans we don't shoot humans so that's not going to come to an end anytime soon but I, I thought that what we could do is pick a day where we call it technician's day and we all of us every motherfucking one of us take the day off and say fuck you we're not fixing anything today the only thing we're going to fix is a sandwich and a nice drink. And then we're going to sit around and we're going to laugh at you because you're going to scramble around trying to make money on a day when there's no technicians in the fucking shop and you're going to get a fucking taste of your own fucking medicine. You're going to be like, hey, nobody here to fix cars. Can't fix cars. Car broke today. Fuck it. You're walking. Hope you got some good shoes on, bitch. Hope that the fucking Uber driver's car doesn't break down either. I'm not fixing it. Of course, there'd be the a fucking odd prick here and there who would show up to work anyway because he needs the money and uh probably i would show up to work because i'm just <laughs> i'm not so good at the uh angry protest not uh not the righteous indignation that you need to have you know but uh, i feel like if a large portion of the country just that that is mechanics and technicians and people who fix things just said fuck you on one certain day then, then maybe it would highlight the problem of us being a bargain to our employers. And maybe they would somehow or another uh, wake up, pull their head out of their ass and, and see that, you know what? I can't really run a business without these guys, you know? I mean, maybe maybe I own the shop and I used to be a technician and I could fix a lot of the cars myself. But guess what? If you had 50 fucking cars in one fucking day and you were all by yourself, guess what? You ain't fixing 50 cars in one day. Okay, maybe some clod somewhere did something really stupid and easy to 50 cars in one day, but it doesn't happen. I mean, sure, I'm sure it happened once. Some guy, well, I, I fixed 75 cars in one day by putting a sticker on the fucking windshield or something. I was like, okay, yeah, but did you really fix anything, dick? You know, a fucking one-armed man could put a fucking sticker on a windshield. So, you know, that's not a really a valid thing, okay? You didn't really fix the car. You, maybe you performed a service that would be written up on an RO, but that's uh, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? We're talking about actually getting in and getting your hands dirty, getting your arms halfway up a car's ass, maybe fucking getting your fingers caught in a belt or on, on something fucking sharp like a half-cut fucking zip tie or something, okay? You're not really working. So, yeah, what I would like to do is advocate for a day 
where technicians of the world, I want to talk, I want to make it the world really seriously. I want to make it the entire fucking world where we, do, we just don't show up. We just say, you know what? We're going to take a day off. We don't have any paid time off. Fine. Fire me. Fire me. Fire, really seriously fire me. I don't, I don't care. Uh, I don't live in fear of that. I, I really never did, but, but that's only because I'm just such a, a fucking fly by night living day to day, kind of a no plan, uh, kind of a jerk off like that. I, if, if somebody doesn't want me around, I, they they don't got to show me the door. I know where it is. I'll leave. I really will. I mean, I have I have encountered uh, management and and owners who are like nonplussed about my presence in the shop, and and so I just leave. I I just go. It's like, look, you you obviously don't want me around. You treat me like shit. You're not paying me shit. I got to get the fuck out. I got to go do something else. You know, I need money to buy things. I need money to pay for things that I've already bought, which is what a lot of us a lot which is the boat that a lot of us are in, especially if you have a house. Okay, especially if you have children, if you have a wife, uh, maybe you ha- maybe you like race cars. Holy shit, there's an expensive hobby. How about some of the other expensive hobbies? Four wheelers, you know, fucking four by four trucks. You know, maybe you race. I can't even wrap my mind around the money that racers spend on their car. You know, people, and I'm, I mean, all kinds of racers. Whether you're a autocross guy or a drag racer, or maybe you uh, you race roundy round or club racer roundy round. It sounds like an insult. I don't mean it that way, but that's just what I always called it. You know, a roundy rounder, whether it's on mud or asphalt or whether it's a big wide track or whatever it is, you know, even if it's NASCAR, it's like these guys, you got to have money. You got to have money. And if you're a mechanic, you probably don't have enough and you'll probably never have enough if you're a race car driver. But I wanted to just get back to the original point of being in a being a bargain. You you are a bargain. Okay. I would say, and I heard somebody uh expunge these numbers a little while back. He he was in fixed ops somewhere, which is a fancy way of saying he's a service manager, which is one of the things that I love. And I want to digress on that for just a second here. One of the things that I have experienced in my life, and it always makes me chuckle, is when certain people are like, oh, you know, I need a raise, I need a raise, I need a raise, and they go on and on and on. And instead of getting a raise, they get a job title. I fucking love that. That is the that is the most amazing sleight of hand that I have ever heard of in my life. It, you know, you go in to get a raise, maybe, you know, maybe you just want a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever you want, and they decide they're gonna make you the director of the uh tool crib, or they're gonna make you the uh the sanitation engineer co-manager, or you know, you're they give you <laughs> they they find some fucking job title and they tell you well you know you are an assistant foreman or a co-foreman it's it it drives me wild because it's not money you know you're not going to get a bargain at 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 the grocery store because you're a co-foreman you're an assistant you're an an assistant janitorial uh janitorial custodian it's like what and some of them i have i have i'm not this is not really i'm not even really making this up i have heard of this before and it has happened and it, it i find it is as hilarious as anything else out there is that you you prefer to have a, a raise of some sort uh you know maybe an increase of a dollar or two dollars. and i mean seriously for a 40 hour work week a dollar an hour is 40 fucking dollars i mean and and they'll they'll fight you tooth and nail on it it's like you 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 want to give me forty dollars a week? Fuck if I just clean the change that I f- clean the change out of the cars that I find under the seat, I can make forty fucking dollars. Don't break your fucking you know, don't break your balls giving me a raise of of one dollar an hour. It's like this society has gone long past the point where a dollar an hour is sufficient for a raise. It's not. It's fucking not. You know? People routinely throw money on the ground in this country here. I mean, I'm, I'm serious too. It's the land of milk and honey, people. The United States, this is why people fucking struggle like a motherfucker to get here. Because if you walk down the street, you will find money in the streets. It's it's out there. It's in there. The pennies, yeah, but if you pick them all up, you could conceivably be a millionaire if you pick them all up because we throw them out the window. But let me get back to the point I was trying to make here is that, that you know, if you, <laughs> if you get a, a job title instead of a raise, you were a bigger bargain than we even thought because not only did they not have to give you money, they all they had to do was go into the HR department and say, make this guy the uh, assistant laundry uh, 
manager or something. You know, they they're making this shit up. I mean, really, and I and that's one of the reasons why I would just prefer to be a regular automotive technician, just a mechanic. I don't I don't want to be uh, anything other than that because it it's just ridiculous. If you become and, and I've had this discussion with my foreman and and foreman I've had in the past is they get the job of of a foreman, but it really should just be called like a, a rover. Like if you're playing softball or something, you just you're you're out in the outfield. You're a rover. You play wherever you feel like you need to play. What you are is a shop rover, which means that whatever job that comes down the pike, and believe me, there's millions of them in the shop. Whatever job comes down the pike, that's your fucking job. That you're the foreman. It's your job. The lights don't work. They come. They find you. Oh, hey, the lights don't work. The machines are broken. Uh, the equipment's uh, broken. Something's missing. Uh, whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. Whatever whatever little fucking problem anybody in your shop is having instantly becomes your problem because you're the guy who's in charge of the shop. And you wanted that job because it should pay more money, but it probably doesn't, to be honest with you, because you're a fucking bargain. You are going to be a bargain. And, and if you wrote down... A job description of all the fucking jobs that you did. You, first off, you'd need a really good pencil and a really good pencil sharpener and a lot of fucking paper. Because if you wrote down every little motherfucking job that they were going to give you, that people are going to foist upon you, that people are going to expect you to do, you're going to get writer's cramp. You're going it's, to. It's, it is an endless assortment of bullshit tasks and jobs. And you, whatever money you're paid, really, honestly, even if you're paid well over six digits, you're a bargain if you handle all that shit now i don't suspect that a lot of, i suspect a lot of shops don't have a foreman they may not have a head guy I'm, I'm picturing like an independent shop that has like three or four technicians who are all pretty well experienced pretty good at what they do and they don't really need a lot of help from each other but they do help each other out and there's really no one guy that could be considered the foreman i i that's what i'm picturing okay but what's really happening out there and this is especially true in a lot of dealerships is you have a foreman typically then you have team leaders maybe even and then you have probably you know let's say you have a a 20 person shop okay and then you know it's not difficult really to, to imagine a 20 person shop obviously there's 20 people there there's maybe 20 20 22 25 lifts you know and you have different assortments of vehicles coming in every day uh with different assortments of problems so you have a different assortment of technicians you have uh maybe five guys who are supremely trained and experienced and they're masters and then you have five more guys who are like eh, kind of in limbo they're they're sort of up to the task of being a master but they're not there just yet maybe they don't have this much experience as some of the masters that's fine so you got 10 guys there then you got five more guys who are just like they're kind of beginners but they've been there a little while and they're catching on maybe a couple of them aren't and then you've got five guys who you just hired within the last year or so and out of these five guys probably four of them ain't worth a flying fuck they're, they're really, they're just fodder, cannon fodder, you know, they're hiring them, they're paying them nothing, they're going to have them do the stupidest fucking tasks in the building, and uh, maybe they'll quit, maybe they won't, and you know who's going to get upset about it? Nobody, but they're going to pay them nothing, so they're the ultimate bargain, and if they get one gem, one gem out of that group of five that can move into the next category up, then they're going to they're gonna keep doing that. They're going to keep doing that. They're just going to hire the noobs, the FNGs, the new guys, the uh, the rubes, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, they're just going to keep doing that. They're just going to keep doing that, and they're going to start them out at the lowest fucking pay they can get away with. And what sucks is, you know, if and you guys know if you went to tech school that you probably suffered. You probably had to suffer a little bit. You had to make a sacrifice to go to tech school, didn't you? Yeah, you had to eat some ramen noodles quite often. Uh, maybe there were some days where you didn't have any money for food at all. Maybe you went down to the open door mission and grabbed a, a sandwich and some soup or something. Or maybe you, you mooched off your friend. Or maybe your parents sent you a care package every once in a while. But you suffered. You sacrificed and you suffered to go to trade school because you didn't have a job because you were in school. Or maybe you did have a job, but, but all you did was lose sleep and you didn't make enough money to hardly do anything. And, uh, you know, because I went to tech school and there was a lot of that going on there. It was a fucking hell of a lot of that going on there. And the school realized it and put me, honestly, uh, honestly, they put me in a position to, uh, 
to help alleviate that problem. I used to have all kinds of little get-togethers in my apartment for the for the uh, tenants in the building that I was in because I was an RA. I know it, it's, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit, but it really wasn't because I understood what was going on is they were trying to do the best they could to take care of the students in, in some way, shape, or form. And, and their way of doing it was to uh, empower the RAs to have get-togethers where they bought tons and tons of food and other sorts of things and the residents were expected not only to eat that one day but for the rest of the week maybe even okay they wanted they didn't want them to suffer okay so the tech schools were were pretty at least when i went there they were pretty savvy to what was going on and they tried to help out as best they could uh i don't know how uh other tech schools work these sorts of things uh i it it the only good thing about it is that typically the the period of time you you spend in a tech school isn't very long. I mean, not, nobody's going to a an automotive tech school for four years. It, that really doesn't happen. I mean, if you go to automotive tech school for four years, you should be an engineer, you know, or you should be uh, you should do more postgraduate work and become an engineer. Really, uh, it doesn't take that long to to learn the basics and to figure out what's got to happen to a car to get it to work again. It doesn't take that long to learn that, okay? And if you can learn that, then by all means, you can get out in the field and you can start earning money. But typically, we are so downtrodden and broke when we get out of tech school. I was. I I was in the hole. I was in the hole. And if it wasn't for my family, I wouldn't have been able to really kind of keep myself alive for a short period of time until I started working. And then when I did start working, it took me, I would say, probably two years to get to the point where I can enjoy uh, having a little money in the bank and maybe buying something. I did a lot of different things. I sold a, a few things that I, I wished I hadn't just in order to kind of keep myself alive, really, to to kind of keep up with uh, what I had and uh, what I wanted to uh, have in my life. But I eventually did uh, rise uh, above that and have uh, a, a very what I would call a modest income but it's still it's very good for me but also too I don't have a lot of the things that some of you folks have I don't have any uh, any wife I don't have any children I don't even have a dog uh, and it's just me and uh, sometimes I forget to feed me although that doesn't happen very often if you saw me you know kind of a fat fuck anyway well, I'm old so it's hard for me to work fat off especially when I'd don't even don't even know how to run anymore. <laughs> uh, long story, which we're not going to go into right here. But I consider myself still, honestly, a bargain, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And I, you know, I've, I've said it a million times. I don't like to pat myself on the back, and I don't like to talk about myself. But I have to use myself as an example sometimes because I don't know how anybody else's experience is. Okay, but let me just give you an idea of what goes on with the bargain that I am. And you can also, you can to, you could fill in the spaces where I tell you about what I do and how I do it and, and what I feel like I'm worth. You can fill in those particular spaces in your particular situation with your own skills and your own training and your own attitude, okay? Now, a typical day, first off, a typical day doesn't start like this one, okay? I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and decided to do a podcast. So it's I turned the lights out because it needed to be dark. It can't, it's so early in the morning. Really, it's crazy, okay? But typically I get up, eat, shower, go to work. So I'm clean, okay? I, I, I want to emphasize this just a little bit because uh, having a, a modicum of hygiene is important just as a human being, just as you exist, just as you exist, okay? And I shouldn't have to tell you to clean yourself. And I don't, I don't mean cleaning yourself like a fucking cat does. I mean, just taking a shower, washing your fucking hands, maybe washing your face, being clean and not smelling like a fucking cat turd, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Not hard to do, really. You should get in the habit of doing it. I, and 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 I'm, I'm really the wor- I'm really the biggest hypocrite in the world to talk about that because as a child, my hygiene could not possibly have been any worse than it was, okay? But, uh, I mean, I would shower once a week, uh, bathe once a week, whether I needed to or not, you know? I mean, it was really one of those deals, you know? Uh, but I'm not a child anymore, and I realize the importance of hygiene. So I show up to work. I'm clean, semi-well <laughs> semi well rested if I don't sleep on the fucking couch. I'm semi-well rested, and uh, I, I have a good attitude, okay? Now, let me, and you might you might think, oh, come on, Uncle Jimmy, you don't have a good attitude. What the fuck? You're always constantly swearing at us and telling, out, telling us how, how we need to grease the wheels and get the fuck out of where we are. Like, listen, I, I get it, you know? We're upset about 
this, that, or the other thing, but you know what? You still have to do the job, and, and if you're going to be upset about it, then get out of the business. I mean, there's other jobs you can do, okay? Let me remind you of that right now. You don't have to be an auto mechanic. Don't. I don't want anyone out there to feel like they're trapped. Oh, I can't do anything else. That's bullshit because, like I said, there's people on the Internet making $100,000 a year and more by just being on the Internet, you know? I mean, look at the Kardashians. Can you even name one thing that they do? Okay, maybe you don't look like them, and maybe your butt's not tripled the size it should be. But you could still do it. You could still do it. You might have to endeavor at it. You might have to suffer for your art, whatever it is that you're going to do. But you can do it. Trust me, you are not trapped in this industry, okay? And if you get out, let me tell you something. The people who do get out of this particular uh, industry, this particular occupation, they look back with no fucking regrets. I'm, you are not going to find a lot of people who get out of the business of being an auto mechanic and look back on it and regret that move. That doesn't happen. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to show up with a good attitude. I know what my job is. I know how to do it. I like to do it. And I feel like I'm paid eh, fairly well for it. I, I feel like I should be paid more. I, I feel like I'm worth more. And one of the reasons I feel like I'm worth more is because I show up with a good attitude. Okay, the other thing that I do, and I suggest you do this too, because this works out well for me in a lot of cases, really. You should be as helpful as you possibly can to all the people around you. Now, I know that some of you are cranky bastards like you think I am, and, and really at times I am a cranky bastard. There's no question about that. But I will not fail. I will not fail to help people around me that need help, okay? And I documented that a couple of weeks ago, maybe about like a month ago, when a guy showed up after hours and his car was all fucked up and he was acting kind of fucking goofy. Uh, I have since found out that he is a nice guy. I have since found out that my initial uh, impression of him was not correct, and, and so I apologize for that. But I'm one of these people that you can come up to in a situation and say, hey, can you give me a hand? And I will do it, even if you're a complete stranger, really, honestly. So that's part of my attitude. But that makes me a can-do person, and it makes people seek me out. And when people seek me out at, in a situation where they have something going on that, that isn't working right for them, and they're in dire need, and maybe they have anxiety, or maybe they're just worked up about it, or, well, anxiety is being worked up about it, Uncle Jimmy, okay? Uh, but for whatever reason, shit's not going right for them, and they come to you, and you fucking set their shit straight, okay? This is one of the things that I do. I set people's fucking shit straight all day long. I sh that's probably the job title that they would give me if they were going to give me a job title instead of a raise, which, you know, I mean, obviously I would like both, really. I'd like a really substantial raise and a job title. And the job title should be shit straightener, okay? Because I take shit and I straighten it out. That's what I do. I mean, I get all day long, and I'm, I'm, I mean this honestly, I get all day long, I get salesmen coming back to me from up front. They have a car that doesn't do this, it doesn't do that, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. And I go in and I fucking fix it. And there's been a couple of cases where I've gone in and fixed cars that other people have tried to fix for salesmen, and they couldn't. And then I do something weird because I'm very tenacious. I will figure out how to get the fucking thing running. In fact, actually, uh, it happened yesterday. A loaner car that we have got towed in. It was dropped off dead center in front of our drive-on, which drives our uh, staff bananas. And uh, <laughs> the windows and the sunroof were jacked open and the car had no power and nobody could get it started. So I go out and I work my little magic on it and it takes me about half an hour or so and I get it started. I get it started. I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know how things work, right? Boom. I get it started and I start looking at it. And so we decided that we we're going to make some sort of a repair uh, down the road here and before we loan it out. We don't want to have it loaned out and have anybody have to have it towed back in again. That's really like the worst situation in the world. You know, your car's fucked up. It's at the shop, and they're fixing it. They gave you a car to drive, and it fucks up, too. It's like, Jesus Christ, just fucking shoot me now. I can't fucking deal with this. I don't want to have to deal with that. So I go in, I have a good attitude, and I can fucking straighten shit out, okay? And it makes me popular because I'm, I'm one of the guys. Now, the foreman does the same thing, and there's other guys who can do the same thing, too. I'm not going to say I'm the only one, okay? But I put myself out there. I make myself available. And a lot of times I'm there when a lot of the other technicians aren't there. If there's a problem, the staff at our place won't hesitate to bring it to me to at least see if I can tell them what's wrong or give them an idea what to do next because a lot of them are kind of clueless when it comes to that. And I don't expect them to know everything that's going on. I, I hope they don't expect me to know everything that's going on. I mean, uh, you know, what am I supposed to do if the parts department's closed and nobody's uh, nobody else is around and you got some weird fucking problem I've never seen before? for and I would need some sort of input from somebody else or something else or somewhere else to figure out what's going on. Anyway, enough of that. So I get to work. 
I get my shit punched in, and then I pull cars in and start fixing them. And that's it. I just that's I just do my fucking job. It's all I do. That's all you can do. And you know what? At the end of the day, I look and I see I've got six, seven, eight cars that I fixed or that I worked on. I have usually more than that, but a, a lot of times I don't have all the parts. A lot of times I don't have approval on them. I have a I have a bin that is full of cars that I haven't even gotten any word on whether or not they sold any of the work that these cars needed. That happens a lot. I don't get too worked up about that. There's no reason to. They'll they'll figure it out. If I've got somebody's car, if I got somebody's RO, that means I still have their car. That means they don't have it. It means that the advisor is either, I don't know, out. He's on vacation or he or she is on vacation or they're just not there or they don't care about that car or that customer's not doesn't care about that car or whatever. That's not my that's not my problem. I have told them what's wrong with the car. Boom. It's your job to sell the work or have it declined. Either way, you can figure it out. I'm not going to jump up and down. See, that's part of the that's part of uh, why I'm a bargain because I'm not going to break anybody's balls over selling something that uh, they don't want to sell or they can't sell or that the customer's thinking or waiting about. I'm just going to move on. I, I do exactly what I can to a car up to the point where I can't do anything more to it, and then I put the fucking thing outside and I start on another one. I'm not going to spend a lot of time getting worked up about what's going on with a car when what's going on with that car is out of my fucking hands. I'm going to keep on moving. So consequently, I will have several cars. Like I said, I have several cars in my uh, in my queue, in my basket, where I don't know what's going on with them. But I know that what I need to do is done. Am I going to get paid for them? No, I'm not going to get paid for them until they're fixed, but I will get paid for them at some point in time because otherwise there's there's going to be some shit hitting the fucking fan. And this is another thing that makes me a bargain is that uh, these guys make mistakes paying me all the time, all the time. They forget to, or they don't pay me enough, or they 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 misunderstood what I said to them, or they didn't. They tried to give the customer a bargain by chopping my labor rate down. That shit's not going to happen. I'll chop your fingers off first. You know, don't make me a bigger bargain than I already fucking am. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. And then I don't even go to lunch usually. Typically, I just eat some shit I brought with me and keep keep working. And and another thing too that makes me a bargain, and I think a, a, and I don't want to call myself out. I don't want to say, oh, I'm the only guy in the whole world who does this. You guys all do this next thing I'm going to tell you about. You all do this. We all do this. And the people who sit in the fucking chairs up front don't think we can. They don't think we do. We all work on more than one car at a time. We do it all the fucking time. All the time. You give me three bays, I'll pull in three cars. I'll fucking run a short test on one of them. I'll drain the oil in another one. And I will look at some sort of concern on the third one. And that I'm working on all three of them at the same time. I I can't make a short test, and they call it a short test. But uh, I can't make a short test go any faster than it goes. And I can't make oil drain out of an oil pan any faster than it does. And I'm not going to sit there and watch them fucking do that. I'm going to pull in another car and look at that one. And then when the oil stops draining out of the other car and the tester is done scanning the other car, then I will go look at them. And while I'm looking at them, I can typically look at a scan test. And I know all of you can do this. Almost all of you can do this. And if you can't, you should probably get to the point where you can. You can look at a short test for a car, look at the complaint on the RO, and see exactly what the fuck is going on. It's not that difficult. I had one the other day. The guy says, oh, uh, my shifter doesn't work right. Well, okay, he's got a shifter in the middle of his console, and the technician scans it, and he doesn't see anything in the scan, in the faults that he's gotten that pertain to the shifter at all. And he's like, ah, and he comes over to ask me because, you know, we like to brainstorm together. We all work together really well. And he says, geez, the guy says the shifter doesn't work right. And he's right. It doesn't work right. And I don't see any faults for it. And then I look down there and I see that there's a fault for our console light. And I'm like, what? A console light? What are you, fucking nuts? How do, how do cons- lights in a console become faulted? And then it occurred to me, you know, pretty much instantly, I got to say, too. And I know a lot of you guys do this. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'd pat you all on the back if I could. But uh, you look and you go, oh, wait. Okay, so we have a problem in the console with lights. Guess what? The cup holder lives right in front of the console. I'll bet you money. Okay, and this is just my brain going, ah, what could be the possible problem? This is how a computer does it. It sorts through all the things that aren't problems and gets to the ones that are. This guy probably spilled something in his shifter. And in the top plate on his console, which has a bunch of, wait for it, lights and also other switches and buttons. Sure enough, this guy's shifter in the console was sticky as shit. 
like he'd spilled, I don't know, Big Red or on it or fucking Jolt Cola or Coke or Pepsi or maybe, who fucking knows, maybe all three of them. Maybe he spilled his Long Island iced tea on the fucking thing. I don't even know. But this motherfucker was sticky, sticky. And I mean, it, 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 you know, with fluids, they like to flow down because of gravity, my, my friend gravity. So this, this particular piece of the console with all these switches and, oh, by the way, the gear shifter in it, all full of whatever fucking fluid that got spilled in it. Maybe it was a double fucking mocha latte. I don't even know. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to taste it. That's for sure. But he, he pulled it out. This is the guy next to me. He pulled it out and he took a look at it. and He goes, oh, oh, this thing is just gooey. And guess what, too? You know, fairly new car. I don't know, 10, maybe 20,000 miles on it. Is it under warranty? I don't, you know, not unless a, an assembly line worker spilled shit into it. It's not going to be warranty. That's the part that I really enjoy is when somebody has to actually fucking fork over for something they did to their car. I love that. Anyway, to get back to the point, when you look at it, when you, and you, we all do it. We all do it. We, we do the shotgun diagnosis in our brain when we pull a car and a guy goes, oh, you know, my car does this. And you go, oh, I've had this before. You know what it is. You scan it and, and either the scanner, fault codes that come out of it, <laughs> they verify that you're right or they verify that maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're thinking wrong. But if you're an intelligent person and you've been doing this for a while, you look at the faults and go, oh, okay. So it's not the problem I thought it was. It's another problem. And maybe you have to, and this is, <laughs> this fucking murders me I ass. Okay, this this absolutely murders me is the one thing that I find a lot of the technicians in my shop don't do. And, and it, I, I just find it funny. Unfortunately, the foreman doesn't find it as funny as I do is that they'll go into a car. It'll say it has a problem with a system. Let's just say the shifter in this particular case that I was just talking about. Okay. They go in there. The guy says he has a problem with a shifter. They're like, okay, yeah, it has a problem with a shifter. And then they go and they scan it and they're looking at the faults from the scan and they can't figure out what it is. It's like, well, did you put your fucking eyeballs on the shifter? Did you go and actually physically look at the fucking thing? No, they never seem to want to do that. I had one t today, or well, it's not today anymore. I was asleep on the couch, and it flipped over into tomorrow. So well, let's say yesterday. I had one yesterday that has a camera that is supposed to be attached to the windshield. I go in, and I scan it, and there's a gazillion faults for it. I'm like, okay, so it's faulted. It could be bad. It could be bad, but what I did next was something that I don't see a lot of technicians doing, and I think we need to do this. We need to use our eyeballs a little bit more, boys and girls. I popped the cover off the camera, and I found that it wasn't installed correctly. It was just kind of flopping around in there. I go, yeah, of course it's not going to fucking work, you know? You're trying to film a porn movie. You don't want to focus on the feet. Nobody wants to see that. You got to move that camera about three feet up. That's where the action is, okay? Same with this camera. You know, you got to pop this motherfucker in there and have it, you know, you got to hear the pop click, you know, the sound of positive engagement. That's what you really got to have. So you put that in, you calibrate the fucking thing, you clear the faults, you go out and you drive it around and it's good to go. And you spent what, 20 minutes on it? Meanwhile, oil is still draining out of the one car and you're scanning a whole nother car. Or maybe you're just checking a, checking for some leak in another car and you've pressure tested it and it's holding pressure or maybe it's not holding pressure, but you're out driving the car and all this shit's still going on oil is still draining out of a car you can work on more than one car at a time we do it all the fucking time but you know what the people who sit in the chairs up front they don't think you can do that and they'll even deny the fact that you think you can do that and i fucking t i've had to tell them i've had to say listen i can work on more than one car you give me i've had i've had a day I've had days where I work where nobody's in the shop on the side of the shop I'm at. I got like 10 lifts there and they're all empty and I've got 10 diagnostic heads and I've got a lot full of PDIs. Boom. I'll do 10 PDIs all at the same fucking time. Can do it. You know, you got to scan them and take them out of transport mode. You guys do the same thing. I know you do because I know that you're smart motherfuckers. I know because you're listening. Yes. Smart people listen to grease to wheels. <laughs> That's a pretty bold assumption there, Uncle Jimmy. I think you're right. But uh, no, seriously, you have, five, you have 10 lifts, 10 cars. You're scanning them all at the same time. Uh, uh, that's, that's working on 10 cars at one time. You can do that. Now, I said earlier in the podcast that you couldn't do that, but you can. 
You know you can. You, you're going to leave transport mode. In, I mean, who knows? You're only going to be limited by the equipment you have at that particular point, right? If you don't have anybody else in the shop and the bays are all open, you know, maybe you're working on a Saturday and, you know, your team is off and the other team's on and they're on the other side of the shop or, you know, whatever whatever the situation is, you know, you can work on more than one car at a time. And this is what makes you an extraordinary bargain, okay? Because you get down to the end of the day and you've been working on, you know, one or two cars, maybe even three cars all at the same time pretty much. And you get them all finished up and you get them all done. And by the time you're done, you've worked on 10, 12, 15 cars and you've turned 19, 21, 16, 14, whatever. You've turned more hours than you were there. It happens all the time. So don't tell me I can't work on more than one car at a time. And and the bargain is that if you work, let's say you turn 20 hours in a day, which can be done. I really honestly believe it can be done. And, and some of you do it on a regular basis too, by the way, which makes you a better bargain than even I'm talking about. You make 20 hours and let's say you're making $30 an hour. That's you know, $600 that day for you, just that day. Okay. And that's pretty good for one day, $600. But think about the company, turn 20 hours, and they're selling all that labor for, let's just pick a round figure, 150 bucks an hour. It seems to be kind of a, a general rate, okay? So that's 20 times 150. What is that, $3,500? And they're only giving you $600 out of that? I'd call that a bargain. The best I ever had, okay? All right. Listen, just to complete the uh, to complete the story about how I work, I go in with a good attitude. I start working on the cars. I'll work on more than one or two at a time. I don't really stop too too long to eat lunch. I'm always going at it. I'm always available to help other people out. And then at the end of the day, I don't even leave until like seven o'clock usually because I don't know. I just don't have anything else to do. And I got I, one of the things I like to do, and one of the things I try to do is to set myself up for the next day. I'll pull in cars that I'm going to work on the next day. I'll pull in cars I know I'm going to get parts for the next day. And I'll have those to start in on immediately when I get there. I don't have to fucking pull them in, you know, in the morning when there's a whole bunch of other motherfuckers trying to pull cars in too. I'll have them all ready to go. So all I got to do is punch in, ice up the fucking cooler, fucking get some, get a bottle of water out and get cranking, punching on the cars and just start doing it. And that makes me a bargain. That makes me a bargain for my shop. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to do it, but no matter how you do it, you are a bargain to your shop, okay? So listen, I want to end this podcast right now. Uh, it's now 5 o'clock in the fucking morning, and I think I'm going to try to catch some more sleep before I go in, and I actually do actually have myself set up uh, this morning with what I'm going to be doing when I get in there. I got a whole list of things that are all ready to rock and roll. I got to just flip some switches, really, and I'll be right back in the, in the thick of things. But I want to get out of this podcast, and what I want to say to you is, listen, if you're a bargain, remind your boss how much of a bargain you are. Have them ask, you know, if you're in my particular situation, I helped the sales department out a great deal with some of the concerns that they have, so much so to the point that if they have a concern, they come looking for me. Have them tell the boss, Say, hey, you know what? That guy, he always helps us out. You should probably give him a raise because if he leaves, I'm fucked because nobody else likes the salesman in our shop. Nobody else likes to see them coming. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I don't like to see him coming either, but I'll help him out if they got a problem. Uh, they seem to spend an inordinate amount of time in our shop. You know, it's like, hey, if they're not on the showroom floor and they want to fuck off and they don't want to look like they're fucking off, they'll come back to the service department and fuck off. Uh, hopefully you don't have that problem. I do. Uh, it's not that big of a problem, to be honest with you. I don't care. It's just that if I'm going to be throwing tools or parts or something like the wild man-man that I am, uh, I don't want them in the way because then there will be a lawsuit and I don't want that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> All right, that's enough of me. Uh, I'm your Uncle Jimmy signing off for the uh, AM Grease the Wheels radio show. Uh, let's go in and get it done. And, uh, you know, if you're a bargain, let them know. Let them know that you can also grease the wheels and be a bargain somewhere else. All right? All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day. See ya.